This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, May 10th, 2021. U.S. infrastructure once again falls prey to hackers operating out of Russia. We'll discuss that, plus Biden's big week in bipartisanship outreach. And finally, Caitlyn Jenner, running for governor of California, weighs in on the big lie. Last Friday, Colonial Pipeline a company that claims to carry 45% of fuel consumed in the east coast of the United States, was the latest victim in a recent spate of ransomware attacks targeting U.S. infrastructure. The FBI has confirmed that the group responsible for this attack is an ongoing criminal group operating largely out of Russia called DarkSide. Colonial Pipeline says it hopes to have service restored by the end of this week. The attack, of course, comes amid rising concerns over the cybersecurity vulnerabilities in America's critical infrastructure following recent incidents. The Russian solar wind attacks that affected nine U.S. agencies and dozens of private organizations. The Chinese-linked hack of the Microsoft Exchange server vulnerabilities that exposed tens of thousands of systems worldwide. DarkSide has claimed that this pipeline attack was economic, not political. But this just highlights how the Biden White House has to face new and varying threats and how vulnerable the U.S. can be to this kind of attack. At the White House today, President Biden addressed the hack. The Department of Energy is working directly with Colonial to get the pipelines back online and operating at full capacity as quickly and safely as possible. We need to invest uh, to safeguard our critical infrastructure. That's one of the many things my American Jobs Plan is designed to do. And here are some of the steps the White House is taking as a response. It has stood up an emergency working group to contend with potential energy supply issues that this hack may have caused. And the White House is also finalizing a cybersecurity order, a draft that would seek to better respond and defend against major cyber attacks. And while it doesn't seem like this was a state-sponsored attack, President Biden has sanctioned the Russian government for its involvement in previous hacking and election interference efforts. All of this is a really big red flashing sign for the Biden administration about the vulnerabilities of the infrastructure system in this country and the peril of external threats from both criminals and state actors like Russia. Welcome to warfare in the 21st century. Now, here's what else matters today. It is a big week for President Biden's push for bipartisanship on his agenda. The House and the Senate are back in town today, and therefore the push to get Biden's infrastructure plan through the Congress is back at full throttle. And so are negotiations over the price tag. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell recently indicated he's open to raising the amount of money he initially seemed willing to spend on infrastructure as long as it is for the traditional 
definition of infrastructure projects, roads, bridges, tunnels, etc. But McConnell said he may be willing to go up to an $800 billion bill. Of course, the battle is going to be over how to pay for it. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain spoke with Axios over the weekend about President Biden's efforts at bipartisanship outreach. What President Biden has said is that he wants to try to find common ground with Republicans on these economic measures that have been bipartisan in the past. Most of these Republicans have stood in front of a Rotary Club or a Kiwanis Club and given a speech about how we need to fix our bridges, roads, our highways, our infrastructure. It's basic, basic things that we're putting forward. Biden is set to have a slew of meetings on this major agenda item for his administration. He, for the first time since becoming president, will host the four bipartisan, bicameral congressional leaders, Pelosi, McCarthy, Schumer, and McConnell, all coming to the White House on Wednesday. The president is also slated on Thursday, the day after that leadership meeting, to sit down with six Republican senators led by Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, who is sort of taking the lead for Republicans on negotiating with her Democratic counterparts and the administration to see if there is actual space for a bipartisan deal. And on the Democratic side, Biden, we learned, is going to sit down for a one-on-one meeting with Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia— the person who holds the entire Biden agenda in his hands, basically, given the 50-50 divided Senate, and his former fellow senator and colleague Tom Carper from Delaware. The Biden team is trying to do two things at the same time here. They are trying to demonstrate and actually work in good faith at an attempt to get Republicans on board with some kind of deal but at the same time laying the groundwork with their fellow Democrats that if indeed they have to go it alone, that they have all 50 Democrats in the Senate ready to do that. That's a hard thing to do simultaneously, those two things, but that's the approach the Biden administration is currently making. And finally today, make sure you tune in tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern for my friend Dana Bash's interview with California gubernatorial candidate Caitlyn Jenner. She's going to make quite a bit of news in this interview, I assure you. Jenner is just one of the many candidates throwing her hat into the ring for Governor Newsom's job should the recall effort that he is facing be successful. And it's quite clear in the interview that Jenner is trying to navigate her Republican Party politics, but running for statewide office in a state where Democrats outnumber Republicans by two to one. So she's trying to present herself as sort of a fiscally conservative Republican, but social progressive. And you can see that tension on display when Dana asks Jenner about the 2020 election, whether or not Joe Biden is the legitimately elected president, whether or not that election was stolen. Jenner may not go full Trump in her answer in terms of supporting the big lie, but she certainly is trying to dance a very fine line. Do you believe President Biden was duly elected? He is our president. I respect that. I realize there's a lot of frustration over that election. You know what? I'm frustrated over what what happened back then. Do you believe that the election was stolen? Uh, no, I, I believe in the system, but I believe in the what we need to do in the future. We are a democratic republic, We need to have integrity in our election system. Here's the reality, folks. Anyone who doesn't say declaratively 
and clearly that Joe Biden was elected fair and square. He's the legitimately elected president, and there's absolutely no evidence that the 2020 election was stolen. They're giving the wrong answer if they're not giving that answer, no matter what party they're from. And I imagine Gavin Newsom's team is going to jump all over the way Jenner answered this question. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.